0: I'm Dick Moberg, and for more than 40 years, I've been developing technology to advance our understanding of the injured brain. I've had a chance to work with some of the leading minds in the field of neuromonitoring, including physicians, researchers, and entrepreneurs. I want to share their stories with you in the form of a weekly podcast so you can stay current on the latest developments in the field and the innovative people behind them. This is my Neural Network. Hi, I'm Dick Moberg, and we're here at the AES meeting in Baltimore, and I'm here with uh, two friends of mine from Vienna, Austria, two people I've known for quite a while, and they're here from the company in SEVIS, working on some really cool EEG analytics. And I'm here with Franz Fervas, who's the uh, chief scientist there, so welcome, Franz. So, hi. Hi, hello. And I'm here with Anna Schupp. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, she has one of those names that's a little hard I'm for somebody so to, to pronounce, but but I always I know her as Anna, and I've uh, and I've known that's her cool. for many years. She's a wonderful person, and Anna sort of is the the glue at the company that makes everything stick together. And she does a lot of the marketing and uh, all around fun person. And uh, so welcome, Anna. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks you. See. So I wanted um, I wanted to first start out about how did you. Uh, how did you get, uh, tell us a little bit about INSEVIS, I know it's from the Austrian Institute of Technology, supported by them, and then how did you get into this area of uh, EEG you know, anal- analytics? So who wants to go first?
1: Okay, I'll go first. So we all started uh, with a project for, uh, that was in, in epilepsy, and uh, we started with the seizure detection. And it was quite successful. We uh, ran a prospective multicenter study, and uh, the result of this uh, uh, seizure detection was um, was so good that we um, made out a uh, product. We added uh, features, uh, as uh, for example, a spike detection, and then we moved on since we had this expertise in the in the EEG field, and since we always uh, run. Our projects with um, uh, the clinics, and so we wanted to move into the ICU, and there is uh, where we uh, developed a new product for the ICU.
2: Yeah, do you want to? That's actually where we met Moburg. So when <laughs> yeah. you go yeah. to the ICU, the Moburg was first coming to us. Hey, you have a nice product, and you do something with the ICU, and we want to hook up with you. That, but that was a nice talk actually in the beginning. So I first thought that would be a nice idea to adapt the standard. So there was this new standard out from the ACNS. they just released it. And I remember some, it was the first year when the standard came out, we, we were renting around with some paper and showed it to Suzette LaRoche and say, hey, we have a user interface already for your new standard. And she was puzzling and looking at me, oh, you already have something for that, we just released the standard. And, they kind of expected it to be accepted in ten years, which is now, but <laughs> yeah. it was kind of a little bit of early. I think too early for the markets.
0: Yeah, I, I, re- I remember those days w- with Suzette. She was one of the pioneers with this, uh, and Larry Hirsch. And yeah, true, yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, sure. That was really cool. Yeah. No, and I think you guys did an automatic detection or segmentation of the EEG into those uh, classifications, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and I think you're the only one that does that, right? It's, uh, Until now, I think yeah. we are. So, yeah. we are
2: only the only really FDA and CE release product that does the segmentation according to the ACNS standard. So, yeah. we we classify these uh, periodic patterns, rhythmic patterns, this main term two, basically. And we also did some main term one things like localization of these patterns. And we did a prospective study also in, in a neurological center of Rosenhügel and in the yeah. Medical yeah. University of Vienna to test this and to find out the specificity and sensitivity of that. And we also then looked into how many electrodes we want to have in the ICU. Does the sensitivity really uh, reduce when we reduce the electrodes? And that was interesting because it was the first study systematically looking into, uh, if you remove some electrodes, are the periodic patterns detected anymore or are they on? And we found out that the product patterns are quite sensitive to that. So you need a lot of electrodes, a lot of coverage in the ICU to get these patterns. And uh, so this was the first study for that. And other things like burst suppression they are fine with a few electrodes. So there's really major differences.
0: Yeah, and, and in the in the ICU, uh, th- there are oftentimes electrode problems. I mean, obviously with uh, patients and with yeah, putting true, in yeah. probes and uh, keeping them on. So uh, it's challenging from a number of aspects as well. So that's...
1: No. Talking about artifacts, uh, one of the main developments, a uh, very important development that we did was uh, the artifact reduction. We call it PUEG. It really <laughs> cleans. It's really something that I got so used to it that whenever I, I go, I see EG somewhere, and I have this instinct to click on the button where it says, in, in my view, where it says PUEG, so to just take away all the artifacts. And so we you just switch on this artifact reduction, and you just have a really clean, uh, e.g., yeah. so EMG, uh, ele- uh, electrode artifacts, all kinds of yeah, right artifacts, yeah. and that's the, that's always part of the, the pre-processing in our, yeah. uh, so that's why our, um, our algorithms are so strong and the software is strong, because also we have a good artifact reduction. And here. there's
2: actually a funny story behind that, because okay. in the project, the one colleague he developed that, he initially was supposed to do it only for pre-processing. And in the end it was coming out after some months, hey, we can do it, we can show it really on the EG itself. So so that the people can click on it and switch it on and off. And this and I said, oh okay, someone knew did anyone needs that? Is that really the need for the patient or for the clinicians? And in the end it turned out it is a need. So they kind of always puzzled with these artifacts. Many of them they they say okay we don't are scared of this artifact to see look through that or so but when they have it and to switch it off it's it's a different thing so in the end we left it in so also for processing and for review
0: sure and and then again that's also very challenging in the ICU artifact unless the patient's in a coma so those are the good yeah. patients yeah well <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but uh, I mean there's so many other things that can happen in the ICU with with uh, you know the nurses, the manipulation, and all that. So it's yeah, a, true. you know, it's a very challenging area. You guys have done, I think, some of the best uh, work in that area. So, so moving on from the ACNS classification, um, let's talk about some of the other things. So it was certainly the seizure and spike detection is, is uh, you've done a lot of work with that. And how's um, Zach, let's let's get a little update on that, and we'll talk about some of the AI work. You
2: know, so. Oh right, yeah. We in the last years, the all this deep learning stuff really emit was amazing yeah. so people started with it and that, in the beginning I didn't believe that really had a benefit for us because I always thought the amount of data we have is too low. So the first work that were coming out 2004, 2010, there were about hundred of thousands of, of, of data sets what they had in image analysis. And so I thought, okay, we have about 60 patients. What I can I do with deep learning? There's no way to do it. And there was a conference. They asked me, do you, did you do deep learning already? And I told them, this will be never be done in the EEG. We have 50 patients. What do you want to do with that? But now in, in the last four years, we really managed to kind of train these networks with a few amount of data. So we use few amount of data that is labelled, and the labelled data is the problem. So labelled data is really expensive, so people have to look through okay, the data yes. to mark something like a seizure, like a spike, and the second one has to do it, and, and they have to commit that this is really a seizure or a spike. And we found out we can also use un- unlabeled data, so we use any data for training to improve the stability of the network. And now within our new spike detection thing, it's really a, a gap. So. We made a kind of a jump in the sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So, like before, it was kind of kind of weird thing to detect a, a epileptic spike. The field is really difficult. All oh, every patient is difficult. But now, with the trained data and with all these labors, we managed to reach ninety percent sensitivity, which is kind of unique on the market now.
0: Sure, it's with a small small data set. I mean, any progress like that with small data is uh, is wonderful. I mean, that's that's great. Yeah, so, yeah. So. What else is there? What are you showing here at the at the AES meeting?
1: Well, we're very excited that we will have a a new solution for the neonatology soon. Great. That's and so we have our best brains behind that, and um, we so the idea is to to, to improve the. Uh, the usual monitor that you have with amplitude integrated EEG with uh, interburst e- interval and two uh, and and also these measures to make them really accurate. Uh, we the, the idea is to scan the scan the EEG on one side to do an automatic classification of uh, segmentation and classification into these uh, uh, patterns of uh, tracé continue, tracé alternant tracé discontinu all these things that you have to go through page by page and uh, check and find the find the patterns and then uh, and, and then kind of remember when they were and how, how often did they occur and this you will have all on all on one on one trace and you will be able to show like Three hours to um, to 24 hours of results on just one screen for this uh, classification, and then uh, one thing that is really new is the um, an estimation of the maturational age. So there, uh, this group, uh, the Cork and uh, Helsinki group, that uh, that came up with the, the idea, since the you can, since the age of the neonates can be uh, recognized based on the on the EEG, some people that have experience, they can, they can recognize that. Um, instead of doing it visually, to do it, um, to do it automatic, uh, automatically. So we have been using the neural networks technology and have, have with really good uh, labeled data. We managed to train it on on healthy patients in order to have the to have on one side when you record the EEG and you immediately. Have an estimation of what, let's say, based on the EEG, what is the age supposed to be? And if the if the little baby it seems has is older, then you have to question that if how how mature is the the brain, on one side, and then you can also follow the development. Be the so these are new uh, measures that are mm-hmm. going to be uh, on the monitors that uh, should do the. Re- Make the review easier, and it should be also accessible by uh, people that are not experts, yeah, in eG, and so also nurses and uh, mm. other people in the
2: in the, in the NICU. And, and what I find most interesting in these techniques is sometimes you get a problem that you really cannot solve by by handcrafted features, like looking into the signal and say, okay, what is the age? For me, it's really hard to tell with these with deep learning things, they kind of extract this and compare it to the labels and they find something that is really the age, and they do a regression and, and estimate the age. And there were other works that were amazing, for example, from Michel von Putten, he did the work on uh, getting the sex out of the brain only f- by looking into the EEG. So you can tell if it is a man or a woman by only looking into the brain waves. So you can also train the network like that. I don't know the clinical relevance of that, but in the end, it's interesting what you can do.
0: He's doing some amazing work on, right. over there in the uh, Netherlands. Uh, that's really cool. So good. So where do you see this going? I mean, we're, um, You know, I, I think uh, you know I'm a big fan of of uh, trying to automate this and uh, seeing where it go. I think yeah. the field of neurocritical care and EEG is just ripe for you know getting a little more of the of the AI in it. And maybe a little less of the human. I don't know, there's so much variability. Well, in both of them now, but you know, in just in, in human analysis, there's so much variability. But uh, so, where do you see this going?
2: So I think one of, one of the things that we will see in the future is kind of biomarkers we see in kind of normal brainwave activity. So What's now the problem is you scan a lot of patients and you don't find the ectopic activity, you don't find something suspiciously, and you're not sure what to do with the patient. It costs a lot of to get all this patient in the long term, hook it up in long term monitoring. Um, perhaps we can with AI, we can find in small samples where you visually don't see any correlation biomarkers that show you that this patient will have. Epilepsy in the future or it develop epilepsy or will get Alzheimer or something or like Alzheimer's. that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. these are very recent approaches, mm-hmm. what we are looking into it, and I mm-hmm. think that's this is really interesting for this deep learning stuff. Yeah. Um I'm not really there to do that by handcrafted thing. I, I kind of rely on that methods to do that. Yeah. And the other thing which is interesting, getting these things explainable will also be a really a challenge in the future. What you now get with all this deep learning is a kind of black box. So they tell you the age of the brain is like that, the detection thing is like that, but how you make it a white box so that people see where does this come from? So perhaps also for research to understand why is this a biomarker for epilepsy? Where, where should I look visually to see, okay, this one child will have a seizure in the next few days? So that would be interesting too.
0: Yeah. The, that's that's very cool how how about um I, I don't know if they have this in austria but we have this thing called 23 Me, the genetic testing that where you can yeah. you can get your own uh, genetic profile ah, right. and, and, and they have a huge uh, you know you pay like 90 bucks and you'll spit in this little thing you send it yeah. away and they give you this uh you know incredible genetic profile and then mm-hmm. and then they have one of it is one section is they can tell you the uh you know if you're predisposed to certain diseases and all that you can opt out of that but you would think that combining that with some of your, um, you know, especially for things like Alzheimer's and some of these, uh, these other things, might be very, uh, very interesting um, to do. I don't know, just it to, is, uh, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So, well, cool. Fine. So, any, uh, any final words on where you're going and what you're doing and. In-
2: <laughs> flying back tomorrow. You're flying next back tomorrow. <laughs> <market. laughs>
0: <laughs> cool, Coming back good. to the US. Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: Coming yeah. back yeah. next year to Seattle. i yeah. looking <laughs> forward to the next meeting. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and,
0: and I'm looking forward to my next trip to Vienna. Absolutely. I love yeah. seeing you yeah. guys there. It's yeah. a lot yeah, of fun. We want to
2: get you skiing, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> snowboarding, <laughs> snowboarding, snowboarding. Snowboarding, sorry. Snowboarding, yeah. <laughs> no, and Austria is one of I've only uh, snowboarded in, uh, in Innsbruck. Okay. But uh, some of the other places, uh, I'd love to go. So, uh, so I look forward to seeing you there. Yes. Okay, and, uh, you too. Thanks, thanks so much for Thank doing you this for podcast. inviting us. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. Good. All Bye. Right. Thank Bye you. Bye-bye. bye-bye. So thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoy these interviews, please take a moment to rate and review this show on your podcast app of choice. Subscribe to Dick Moberg's Neural Network to receive notifications when future installments are available. And of course, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Moberg Research, Inc. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again soon.